Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. It is a hectic Monday here. There is a lot going on, a lot of fresh news over the weekend, and I will try my best to cover all of that. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, again, I've had a, a Really great response so far, and I'm really happy that uh, you guys enjoy the content. Um, if you haven't subscribed, go on either Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, any of the podcast apps. Make sure you uh, subscribe to Grain Markets and other stuff. It will alert you when new episodes are posted. And I do the daily market commentary that's every morning at uh, about 8 o'clock Central Time. And then these uh, more long-form posts or, or podcasts, if you want to call it that, usually are once to twice per week. So uh, keep an eye on that. The uh, number of listeners I can see from my end is is growing uh, fairly rapidly. So I'm really happy with what's going on here. And I'm happy uh, that there is um, uh, some need for, for this sort of content. So great. Uh, so what's going on here this week? The markets are a mess. I'm sitting here at midday on Monday. The Dow Jones is down 900 plus points, which is a big one-day sell-off. Uh, we see these things from time to time. It seems like every year we get this to happen, at least in recent years, we get this to happen a few times throughout the year. You know, the stock market tends to uh, take the stairs up and the elevator down, as they say. When when we go up, we go up slowly, and it's a grind. And when we go down, it's it's very quick. And that's what we're seeing here in the stock market. So why is the stock market down? I think that's your first question. On a day like today, and and the reason I believe is this coronavirus issue. Uh, some people would tell you it also has something to do with Bernie Sanders becoming the clear front runner in the Democratic uh, uh, race for for the nomination, and maybe there's something to that. I mean, yes, his any any policy that he would like to institute is certainly anti-business and high tax and it seems like higher regulation. So the market would not like that. But I think the coronavirus is by far the bigger issue here. You know, China is on lockdown, essentially, and China is the world's second biggest economy. So when you've got a, a sharp reduction in consumer activity in China, when you've got a disruption of imports and exports in China, it's problematic for everything. It can be kind of a domino effect where it starts to to turn into problems for U.S. exporters and Brazilian exporters and uh, and importers as well. You know, the U.S. imports a lot of goods from China, a lot of tech, uh, a lot of things along those lines that could be disrupted here. So it's a big, big wild card. And the reason, you know, this coronavirus thing's not new. I mean, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. But what is new is that we've seen a spread into a lot of other countries outside of China. And that, I believe, is the biggest cause for concern here. Um, Iran, Italy, Republic of Korea. Um, Iran and Italy are, are and Korea, really, are, are cause for concern because they're regions that are outside of China. I mean, if this thing starts to spread into Europe and you start to see a little bit more here in the U.S., this could really devastate the economy uh, for 
who knows how long? Who knows what this turns into? You just really don't know at this point. And it's it's not what's happened. It's what could happen that the market is really concerned about, in my opinion. It's, it's not that we've seen the, the big drastic collapse in economic activity. It's that that sort of collapse is possible. And the markets tend to get out in front of this stuff. And we're just in what we call a risk-off environment. That's what it is. It's a risk-off environment. Now, the World Health Organization, they say that they're concerned. Um, some spokespeople from the United States government uh, have said that they need more funding. Um, the The Chinese government has said that this is, you know, a very serious situation. Uh they are going to act aggressively to try to stop the spread of this thing. So where does it end? I don't know. I'm no infectious disease expert, and even the infectious disease experts don't have all the answers here. You know, every time something like this comes around, it's always a little bit different. And how does this one uh, sort itself out, or does it sort itself out? I mean, you just don't know. There's there's so much out there right now that is that is unknown that could potentially uh, result in, in much lower markets. And keep in mind, in the grander scheme of things, just the unbelievable bull run that we've seen in the stock market over the last 10 to 11 years. It's, it's really been phenomenal and unprecedented. We haven't seen a bull run last that long in the modern era of the U.S. stock market. So, could this be the end of it? Sure, it could be. This this could be the end of the bull market for a while, and you could see this thing digest back into uh, lower levels. You could see it retrace a portion of signif- of the gains, or we could open up the markets on Tuesday, and the Dow could be up 500, and we could be back at all time highs by next week. That's very possible too, and that's actually been the trend: is that you know we get these scares that last a day, two days, and then we recover. And the cycle kind of plays itself out, and then you have traded your back way, your way back to all-time highs, essentially, in just about all the instances. And then you see these corrections. So these corrections in the stock market have every year. They happen every year. The reason is is always different, and this reason happens to be the coronavirus. Do I buy into the the Bernie Sanders story? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you look at at the odds. If, if you were to go to Vegas and place a bet right now, Donald Trump is still the very heavy favorite to be president again um, come 2025. And uh, that's that's the way that I think most people are leaning. And as you know, most of the Democrats don't even like Bernie. So he I, does he get the nomination? I don't know. And I'm no, I'm no political expert either. There are some other things impacting the grain markets this week, in my opinion. I talk a lot about basis contracts, when we get into these delivery periods. Historically, at least over the last several years, and I can chart it, there is a correlation between these delivery periods and what we would call spike lows in the corn market. And let me explain it to you this way. Basis has been very good the last several months, corn basis. We'll just talk about corn basis specifically. Corn basis has been very good, and the board has probably left something to be desired for most people. So what is the uh, popular approach when that's the situation? The popular approach is to write a basis contract. So you've always got a lot of basis contracts uh, versus these March futures because this is the time of year where you know, a guy needs to pay the bills. You've got planting coming up, input costs need to be paid for, rents need to be paid for, a whole bunch of things. And uh, basis contracts have been very popular. And I think that the market is aware that all these basis contracts are out there. And I think it's a reason 
for these markets to be pressured, especially in a week like this. So if you're a farmer and you've got a corn basis contract versus March, you locked up the basis, but you didn't set the futures. You've got a soybean basis contract where you set the basis, but not the futures. You're kind of in a bad spot right now. You got March corn down to 370. Uh, You got March soybeans down to 874. They've fallen significantly from where they were, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago. That March corn was up above 390 not too long ago. So farmers are going to be faced with a decision here. Do they just take the board price and that good basis and be done with it? Do they roll the basis contract forward? Um, And corn, that's not a terrible option because there's not a ton of carry out to May or to July. So that's something to consider. I talked about that in last week's podcast. But just in the grander scheme of things, when you get into these delivery periods, or or really it's like the the four or five days ahead of the delivery period, so all of this stuff's going to have to be priced. Every elevator or, or grain buyer is a little bit different, but all of these basis contracts will have to be priced or paired to a futures price by the close of business Thursday at the latest. A lot of them will be closer than that. Now, I had a chart in my email this morning, and it, it goes back the last three or four years, and it essentially indicates uh, where we've seen delivery periods correlate with spike lows in the corn market, and a spike low being a price where we go down, we trade there, and then we bounce right back up. And it's happened, let's see, since 2017, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight times uh, in the last three years that we've seen spike lows, meaning a spike down, then a spike back up in the corn market, um, occurring right around this time when these basis contracts all come due. So there's something to that. It's it's an indicator that I think, certainly not 100%, no indicator is, but um, we could very well be due for a spike low in the corn market here this week, and, and maybe the soybean market too. That wouldn't surprise me. Now, if, if the stock market decides to really just collapse and the Dow's down 1,000 today on Monday, and we're down another 1,000 tomorrow, and this thing just totally falls out of bed, then what I just told you is maybe irrelevant, and maybe there's not going to be anybody who wants to be long anything, and you're just going to see additional selling in the row crop markets. Um, Funds have a massive long position in the wheat market. As of last Tuesday, funds were long almost 60,000 contracts of SRW wheat, which is extreme relative to any other instance. There's only been a handful of times over the years that the funds have been long more than 50,000 contracts, and they were long close to 60,000. So you've got some liquidation that could occur there. I'd say that looking at the grain complex, that's probably where your most downside risk is, is in that wheat market because of that big fund length. If these large speculators see that the Dow is going to be down, you know, say it's down several thousand points this week, are they going to want to stick with these long wheat positions? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. So there's some additional risk there. But again, um, that the 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 fact that we've seen spike lows in the corn market occur around these delivery periods is something to be aware of. I would probably describe what's going on right now in in the corn and soybean market. This is this is the opposite of a marketing opportunity from a flat price standpoint. Um, in the in the podcast where I, I suggested three ways to improve your marketing, my my first way was ask yourself the question: Is this a marketing opportunity? You look at what's going on right here. Corn's into basically some new lows. Beans about to hit some new lows. Um, down hard on the day. Uh, we've been down over the last couple of days. Um, we're far removed from the highs that we've seen at any point during the last three or four months. When I ask myself the, the, that question, is this a marketing opportunity? My answer is very firmly no. Um, wheat, we had some nice opportunities last week. 
Um, I'll be honest with you. I even did some uh, some July of 21 wheat here this morning. I'm already pretty heavily sold on the 20 crop and uh, added to some of that last week. Um, if you want full recommendations and you want to know exactly when and how I'm marketing corn, soybeans, and wheat, when I'm making the future sales, uh, when I'm rolling positions, when I'm capturing carry, uh, you got to jump on that subscription service. Go to standardgrain.com, uh, click on grain marketing plan, pay that 49 bucks a month. It's built to your credit card automatically every month. You can cancel it at any time and you'll get all those recommendations. And uh, is $49 a month a lot of money? For some people, maybe it is, but I'll tell you what, if I, if, if I give you one good recommendation throughout the calendar year, it'll pay for itself first time. So certainly consider that. And I love doing this podcast. I don't make any money off of it. Um, it's, it's great. It's great publicity for me, but, uh, that's the, the business that pays the bill bills for me. Mostly it's brokerage and, and secondly is the subscription service. So I'd love to see you jump on there and I'd love to talk to you about it too. If you have questions, just shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. Um, other than that this week, I mean, so we, what did we cover? We covered coronavirus. We covered the basis contract situation. Um, President Trump talked about MFP 3.0 on Friday. Like I said uh, in a previous episode here, I think it's very likely that we see an MFP 3.0. I think it's pretty likely. I do. The president tweeted about it. I don't know that he's going to go back on that. Uh, We know it's an election year. We know that he has some incentive to do it. We know that the prices are no good, not any better than they were in any of the last couple of years when we got MFP payments. So... Yeah, I, I bet that it happens if I had a guess, but but to be a responsible grain marketer, you cannot assume that these payments are are a guarantee because they're not a guarantee. This is just talk. This is just talk and, and you have no idea how it's going to play out. So you can't you can't take an expected MFP payment and punch it into your, your balance sheet. You just can't do that. That would be irresponsible. Um I'm just I'm just a guy with a podcast who says, Yeah, I think it's possible. But you can't you can't take what I say to the bank or what anybody says to the bank, really, there's no, there's no guarantee unless it's until it's a done deal. And you've seen with these last MFP rounds, I mean, you, you don't find out till the week or two before you get the check in some instances, Brazilian soybean harvest is 34% complete. That is basically in line with the long-term average. The Brazil story is the same as it's been for several weeks. Brazil and Argentina will have a big crop. One, two, the currencies of Brazil and Argentina continue to essentially collapse versus the U.S. dollar, which has been very strong. The, the greenback's been strong. Those South American currencies are junk. So that makes it a lot easier for Brazil and Argentina to compete on the export market. Three, freight advantage. It will always, always be cheaper to, sh- to ship soybeans from Brazil to China than it will be from the U.S. Gulf to China. That's just a natural freight advantage that Brazil has. It's not going away anytime soon. So the story with Brazil and the fact that they will be the price setter on the export market. They'll be the cheapest beans on the export market for the next, probably until U.S. harvest. Um, That remains a factor that will keep a cap on prices, certainly. Russia wheat export prices uh, declined for four consecutive weeks. That's no surprise. We've seen the U.S. market leak lower. We've basically seen the wheat market just as a whole leak lower. And and that's been the deal here um, as of late. Has the wheat market topped? We had a nice bull run. It lasted several months. It bought, we, we bottomed that contract out, or all these contracts really in September. And we've done nothing but rally since. And now we're starting to see a sell-off. So could that bull run be over? I think it's very possible, especially, again, I go back to the coronavirus. I go back to the stock market. If we, if we remain in this kind of 
risk off environment, if you want to call it that, that then yeah, the, the rally in the wheat market may very well be over. I hope it's not. I, I hope this is just a setback, but um, a lot of it is, is a lot of it's going to have come back to this virus deal. How much does it spread? What other countries does it hit? Um, do we see it here in the United States? Do we see uh, Chinese a- economic activity reduced even further? These are all uh, big questions that we don't have to answer or that we don't have the answers to right now. Cattle market got beat up real good on Monday. Um, at midday here, at least, we're limit down in a few of these fat cattle contracts and limit down in a whole bunch of the feeder cattle contracts. Hog market beat up as well. Uh, energy is beat up as well. I talked a little bit about heating oil and energy needs. If you need to buy farm diesel, um, if you haven't already, this is probably some sort of opportunity. Now, keep in mind, it was only four years ago that crude oil was 25 bucks and not 50 bucks like it is today. So there, there is more downside risk there. There's no guarantee that this is the bottom by any means in that crude oil or in that heating oil or in your uh, local farm diesel prices. But you've got to think that after a sell-off of this sort of magnitude, uh, there may be some sort of opportunity here. So to wrap it up here, I, I hope this coronavirus thing goes away. I hope we get it under control. I hope the spread stops. And I hope that we see a spike low in the corn market this week like we have so often uh, when these delivery periods arise. Um, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, February <laughs> February's been a bad month. These, cro- these spring crop insurance uh, prices are not going to look pretty. So we've got to hope that this is kind of peak pessimism and uh, that we can dig ourselves out of this thing uh, as we get closer to planting. If you'd like some more information, make sure you visit my website. Go to www.standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan. Take a look at that subscription service. Um, if you need some help, you need a level-headed approach, you need some some sell signals. And I don't only tell you when I'm selling. I'm tell, I tell you what percentage I'm doing. I tell you for what delivery period. I tell you when basis or opportunities are available, which is a little bit more of a local thing. But I tell you for sure when spread opportunities are available, when is the best time to capture the carry. Those are all things that you need to know. I can help you with that for a pretty minimal cost. Go to standardgrain.com, click on Grain Marketing Plan, check out that service. Everyone have a great week. I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling, so you may not hear from me um, until Friday or maybe even next Monday. So have a nice week. Hope these markets recover. We'll catch you next time.